am Becky Harmon, author and worker bee here at the Bella Books Warehouse in Tallahassee, Florida. Bella Books is proud to be the largest lesbian-owned press devoted to the publication of books written for, by, and about women-loving women. Welcome to our What's New at Bella podcast. Today I get to welcome Bella Books author Anne Robert. So excited to talk with Anne about her latest novel, Dying on the Vine, which was released last month, and which is also the eighth book in the Ari Adams mystery series, as well as Anne's 20th published novel. We have so much to talk about today, but let's start with a little background. Can you tell us where you're from? Well, I am a native Arizonan. I spent nearly my entire life in Phoenix. I grew up there. I became a teacher. I was a teacher for 11 years and I went into school administration. I was an administrator for 10 years as an assistant principal and a principal. For the last four years of my education career, I was a a consultant, an independent contractor, and I worked on a, a grant that allowed me to work with schools, uh, the county jail schools. So I got to go in and work with the teachers who actually taught the, the juveniles in jail, and as well as the teachers who taught the unaccompanied minors, the oh. undocumented kids. So working with those teachers was uh, eye-opening. Um, that was my education career. I retired, and um, I've been writing. So I started my, uh, the year I got published was the first year I was a principal and that created its own set of problems um <laughs> but then we, we uh, <laughs> then uh, my wife I've been with my wife for over 25 years and uh she's an educator as well we decided to retire to a place that was less hot and less conservative and uh we are now in Eugene Oregon uh with our we raised our son he's off on his own and um we now have our four for friends who uh Never stop. I always like to include the pets, so go ahead and tell us yes. what you have. We have four animals, and um, you know, I'm not sure. It's just crazy how you how we wound up with four. Um, three <laughs> of them are all about two years old, so they're all very young. There is one cat. We got two cats on the same day. One was a, an infant. Um, he's now two. His name is Simon. He's a polydactyl. He has the largest mittens we've ever seen. He can open doors with them. Um, it, he can jump much <laughs> higher because, you know, he's got a thumb. <laughs> yeah. There's Simon. Then uh, his counterpart is uh, Bean. Bean was an older cat who was an outdoor cat. Um, a woman in the, in the neighborhood brought in because she was watching him get picked on all the time. He was abandoned. Aww. So he really was originally an indoor cat. And as he was living on the street, she took him in, convinced us to take him. <laughs> and uh, he has he's, he's grown into like his new house, but he spends all day standing at the door meowing, Aww. waiting to go back outside. So we take him for a walk outside. It's like, you know, letting the prisoner walk the yard, <laughs> you know. Because he has jumped the fence a few times. And then, of course, he would get into trouble. We wouldn't, you know, he doesn't know what to do out there. That was why he got brought in. So those are the cats. The dogs, uh, right around the time we got Simon, we got Chip. Chip is a uh, not a very large dog, um, but he's like a dog permanently on Red Bull. Chip <laughs> never stops moving. He's part uh, Labrador Retriever, part um, uh, Cocker Spaniel, and uh, it, it is. He's just, he jumps in. He's so happy and so energetic, and please play ball with me all the time. Um, and then there's... Hattie and we uh Hattie's been on Facebook several times we originally Amy's always wanted a beagle we found one in rescue we 
drove many, many miles to get her. She was a little puppy, and she looked just like a beagle. She was a beagle, beagle mix. And all that happened was she kept getting taller. <laughs> so she may have some beagle. She certainly has a beagle stomach, but really we learned that what she is mainly is treeing walker coonhound. So Ooh. she's enormous. <laughs> and I keep saying, you no, know, she's a giant beagle because... If she's not a beagle, since I promised my wife a beagle. Then you have to go get a beagle. (laughs) Yeah, so no, we have a giant beagle. We have the giant beagle. And her name is, she was aptly named, because we named her Hattie. I'm a huge Lighthouse fan, so uh, after Mm. Cape Hatteras, which Mm. is the tallest lighthouse in America. (laughs) So I was foreshadowing. It was like a novel. I was foreshadowing, and I didn't even know I was doing it. It's all your fault. It is. So, so those are our, they um, are, it's constant motion around here. So do you like it better in Oregon? Is it rainy, Very much so. rainy there? It, you know, I, I'm supposed to say that it rains all the time so that no one else moves here. Um, but, so, uh, and, and that's a joke, but it, it, you know, it's not nearly as rainy as Seattle. It, it is, it is wetter and, you know, but you get things like flowers. In, in Arizona, you know, in the summer especially, there was only, like, one type of flower that's ever going to make it, you know, in addition to, like, the metal ones, um, you know, or the, yeah. the plastic ones. Um, so it's great to have the green. Um, my wife is very much a lover of the mountains, um, and the Cascades are just 45 minutes away to us to the east. And then I love the ocean. And the ocean is just where we are in Eugene, home of University of Oregon, Fighting Ducks, and the uh, the greatest collegiate women's basketball team ever assembled this year that did not get to play in the NCAA. Uh, but Eugene is only about an hour away from the coast. We both win. Best of both worlds there. Best of both worlds, yes. Very, very cool. Okay, so before we talk about Dying on the Vine, let's touch a little bit on your backlist, on your extensive backlist. So everything started in 2006 with Paid in Full, which happens to be the first Ari Adams mystery. And then along the way, you swung over and did two titles with Spinster's Inc., Bella Book's Sister Press, and then a whole lot of a whole lot in the middle there. Yes. Um, and actually, it was interesting. I think a lot of authors start with when you finally get published, you you know, there's like a lot standing behind you that you've worked on. And um, so uh, but really, when I signed with Bella, I not only had paid in full, I had this other book that I had been working on. Um, and, and it just I could never finish it. it it's it was called for this. It is called for this from the mm-hmm. gate. But it was originally attached to what became the third book published, uh, which was the second by Bella, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. So for this from the gate and brilliant were originally one book. And I couldn't figure out, I couldn't ever finish it. And I think now I know why, because it was two separate books. <laughs> so when I split them and I fi- figured out a way to finish for this from the gate, really what it, what happened, because um, that book is semi-autobiographical. Um, it has a lot of uh, yeah, very fictitious stories, but uh, one of the primary relationships is between a mother and a daughter. And uh, there are scenes where the, the mother is, is facing... Um, the dementia that will eventually take her as was my mother. So it became my therapy to just write these scenes uh, between this character and her mother. And that was what the book needed. So I was able to split 
furthest from the gate from brilliant and that just then became its own entity that i had to finish but furthest from the gate uh you know that will always be probably the most special book to me because it's about my mom i like how your body settles underneath your clothes i like how the rhythm If you like the sound of the music being played during this podcast, then I encourage you to check out Jamie Anderson's collection of unique and original songs. Jamie has been singing and playing music since high school and began writing songs when she got bored with singing other people's songs. Bella Books published her memoir, Drive All Night, in 2014, and her second book, An Army of Lovers, in 2019. An Army of Lovers covers women's music in the 70s and 80s. You can hear Jamie's music, see her tour dates, and check out her YouTube channel at her website, jamieanderson.com. If I had to pick one, I mean, it's hard to pick out of 20, and I love the Ari Adams mystery ones, but if I had to pick one favorite, it would have to be the complete package. For me, it's the perfect standalone romance story with a little bit quirky characters, which is always kind of fun. Do yeah, um, and, and I loved I love that book, too. Um, that actually came about, I'm, I'm one of those people that really, I can I can get very inspired by settings. We'll talk about complete package, but as an example, vagabond, um, I, I uh, beach town. I got oh. so inspired going to uh, we we were taking a trip to Ocean Beach. I can literally sit in front of the ocean for hours. It's the only time I'm ever sedentary. I can just stare at it. I wrote Beach Town in three weeks um, because wow. it was so it was so easy to write and in that setting. Uh, Vagabond Heart had had a similar piece. It was a lot more research for that, but um, Complete Package was the same thing. A friend of ours, a very good friend of ours, has a, a home in um, Colorado uh, near Uray, actually where, I'm forgetting the name of the city right now, but it was where True Grit was actually filmed, mm. Rid- Ridgeway. And um, we went up there one summer, and uh, again, it was a, it, it's such an inspirational setting. Um, the mountains there, Ure is surrounded by all these mountains, and it was it was very easy to write there. Uh, and it features um, our friend's dog, Rocket, who is was he passed away a hero dog who was awarded two hero medals by uh, the county in Phoenix where he lived. Wow. Uh, and he uh, he and his mom went around and did public service uh, uh, seminars with with grade school children about the importance of spaying and neutering and treating your pet well. That was his life, so he gets to be in the book, um, and he's a, a character, a complete package. But yeah, I, I had a really good time writing that, and it's a lot of the setting is, is based on pieces of Ridgeway and, and Ure. People who have lived there said I, I recognize that. Do you have a favorite one? Um, well, I guess I love Furthest from the Gate because it's it's partly right. my mom. Um, uh, you know, every book is different. You know, they're all the, they're all my children, and they represent different times of my life they represent different um different ways of thinking i hope that nobody is ever going to say she wrote the same novel over and over again i don't think there's any chance of that they are all very (laughs) very different pleasure of the chase you know i mean just 
wide range of yeah. topics. So before we talk about dying on the vine, do you, let's just talk a little bit about how your life or your writing has changed in the 15 years and 20 books. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I, I don't know as my writing changed nearly as much as all of the surroundings that changed. And I remember starting um, my, my very first conversation with Linda Hill when she called me after having the book for a long time because, it, you know, it takes a long time. You know, the thing about it is reading a book takes time. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, reading a short work. Um, but it was, you know, there was no social media. There was right. no, um, no Internet. So everything was very word of mouth. I pulled out, and I know we're doing a podcast and you'll be able to see it, but you, but I pulled out the very first <gasps> Bella used to publish their, um, their new releases on a, a little newsletter and send it to the, you know, the, the, the list that Barbara Greer had, I'm sure, and expanded on. And I was just looking at what was published that month with Paid in Full, and it was Kenna White's Romancing the Zone, and uh, Claire McNabb's Writing My Love, and K.G. McGregor, who I think probably started right around the time I did, Mulligan. That was all published the same month as Paid in Full. Yeah, it, you know, so, but in thinking about all, it, the world was was um, very different in, in that respect. Um, the other way it was different, and particularly it had, to, it had to do with my life, I probably, at the very beginning of my career, I made the... I have the greatest regret of my entire career, right at the beginning. Um, and I and I look back at now, and, I, and you know maybe things happen for whatever reason. But my mother was very sick, and and Linda asked me, "Do you want to use your real name?" And at the time, Ann Roberts was my legal name. And instead of thinking about the ramifications of that, I automatically said yes because I really wanted my mother, whose mind was literally every day losing a little more of herself. Uh, I wanted her to see my name in print because she was a writer too. She was a poet. She was only published a couple times, but uh, you know, there's this dearth of uh, this huge amount of uh, writing that she that she did. Um, and then that and, uh, that had ramifications oh, later. Oh. As an educator, especially because I realized very quickly after that, I, I, I really had to be careful about being out because first of all, I lived in Arizona and uh, who not even even 10 years before had had a, a Supreme Court case, Arizona State's uh, Supreme Court case, uh, where it was very clear that you can be fired for being gay. I forget the guy's name. It was versus, uh, against a company called Golden State Container. And that was huge in Arizona wow. because it reaffirmed we all better be very clear about which closet we're standing in. And as a teacher, too, remember I wasn't a teacher then. I had just become an administrator. You know, teachers, if their kids love them, there's a lot that just never gets said because kids stand in front of their teachers that they love. And I was a love teacher, I can say that, but when you're the principal, everybody's gunning for you once in a while. And I had an incident occur where it was about a year after Paid in Full was, was uh, released. There was a woman who was one of our bus drivers. I, I knew all my staff and all the ancillary staff. And she says, I hear you're a writer. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she knew her, her she was married uh, to uh, a guy I'd gone to high school with. And his mother and my mother were very close. 
So connect, 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 connect the dots. And I just, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, and she didn't strike me as a very liberal person either. So I really, for many years, felt very, I had to be very, very restrained in how much I announced it. You know, I know a lot of people, the first people that they go to, to be their, their you know, their core group are all their friends. Yeah. Which my very closest friends in my family, of course I did. But in terms of really getting the word out about my writing, um, it greatly, it greatly in, uh, inhibited my ability to publicize myself for many years. Because I, you know, when you're the principal and when you can be fired for your job, those are very real, those are very real threats. When I really started to, I, I had uh, changed jobs. I worked for the county. I was I was very out by the time I was an educational consultant, and I was able to do a lot more, um, you know, in the in the later 2000s, around 2012, is when I really was able to kind of start ratcheting it up because I wasn't going to, uh, the, the threat was gone. I was no longer a, a principal. Are you looking for something to do during those pesky stay-at-home hours? Check out the Bella Media channel. Just follow the link at the bottom of the Bella Books homepage or go directly to bellamediachannel.com. You'll find plenty of entertainment and lots of book reviews and articles. And if that's not enough for you, then turn over to the Bella YouTube channel where you'll find Bella authors have invited you into their homes with video readings for your enjoyment. Talk about dying on the vine and Dexter, of course, because that is the important part. He he is. um, So, and I'll, I'll make a plug here. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, somebody asks, where do you get your ideas? And I, I always say, everywhere. I think everything is a potential story, and you have to really be paying attention uh, to your surroundings, to the people you're meeting and talking to. Um, we were, Amy and I were uh, taking a trip. We'd, we'd never vacationed in Seattle. So we moved to Oregon, and, and when we lived in Phoenix, we never got to, to Seattle. And so we decided, okay, we're going to take a trip. Uh, to, to Seattle, and I had a, I have a very good friend there, high school, and, you know, we're gonna, finally going to do it because now we're close. And along the way, uh, a, a different friend here in Eugene said, well, a friend of mine is a winemaker up there. Now, I am a, I am a lover of red wine. I, it, it is my, my favorite beverage. And uh, she said, you got to stop at her winery or her tasting room. Okay. So we did, and uh, the name of it is Address Wines. It's in Woodenville, Washington, and Pam Atkins is the winemaker. She's this amazing woman um, and, and a lesbian, and she, uh, she told me all these stories. And there's, you know, there's a lot of passion involved with wine and winemaking, and it's a business, and there's a lot of people in the business. And, you know, I thought, oh, this is... This is a good setting. This could be a very good set. Somebody could die here. This is a, this is a good, good setting. So that was when, and, and uh, I, I would return back up there. We went up there again uh, several months later, and, and uh, she showed us more about winemaking. And but she'd given me the idea, and I ran with it. And we also met uh, Dexter who uh, was the tasting room dog. And he was their little guy um, who'd been with Pam since he was eight months old. He rode on the forklift. He 
he walked along in the, in the, in the vineyard and, you know, looked at the grapes with Pam and, uh, and so I thought oh, he has, he has to be in the book for sure. So he, uh, he's, the, he's one of the, the subordinate cast members <laughs> and uh, he gets to bite the killer, which I think is great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a good thing. Uh, so, so she gave me the idea and, um, and then what, happened after that was a whole lot of research I've, I've done extensive research on this book um about winemaking um there here in eugene there are many there are many vineyards in oregon uh, specifically for the pinot grape and i was able to talk with uh, uh, uh one vineyard summer vineyards are very very small when it, this was a little family vineyard and another vineyard that is more of a mid-level vineyard that, that is, is big enough, they have a lot of their wines in restaurants and in uh, uh, grocery stores. And it was great seeing the different operations. But so many of the vineyards were very receptive to me. Uh, hey, come, yeah, sure. Even though it was the middle of harvest, which for a vineyard is the absolute crazy time. Because it's all about the grape. And you got to take care of that little tiny delicate fruit, and because it's it is your livelihood. So it's it's been it's been quite a journey. I have such respect for uh, people who are are willing to to engage in that much hard work and put that much money forward um, for something that could be ruined by by nature. Yeah. You can do everything the right, and then the birds come and eat all of your uh, your grapes for your Pinot Gris. I mean, you know, it's just. That's how it is sometimes. So tell us an endearing quality about Ari Adams. I think um, I think one of the, uh, the uh, well, her curiosity definitely gets her into a little trouble. <laughs> um, you know, she is she's not she's not a professional detective. Um, I, I, and people have had a lot of trouble describing the Ari Adams series. Is it a, is, it's certainly not a hard boiled detective series because um, there's no real grisly I mean there's crime there's murder but it's you know not like uh some of the detective series and but it's also not so it's more like a cozy but not quite it's an amateur sleuth yeah she's an amateur sleuth sleuth and she you know she's a real estate agent by trade and trouble just seems to find her (laughs) uh paid in full starts with she opens the door and finds a dead body so that's you know it's just right there and and this book is very much the same way i would say in terms of her endearing quality is that she's uh she's got a lot of fortitude she does not um uh, she's not easily dissuaded from moving forward on things Uh, she really gets kind of she gets a focus on on what is right and her intent to do to do right so it also goes to her loyalty um, and I think we've we've seen that in a lot of the books, her loyalty to uh, her girlfriend Molly, uh, and to although there was you know issues at times, and uh, <laughs> but also her uh, loyalty to her best friend Jane, who's really at the center of Dying on the Vine. Yes, and if anybody wants to hear more about that, they can tune into your author reading on the Bella Media channel, and that's right. Learn more about Jane and her. Uh, yeah. I was going to say curiosity, but that's not. Uh... She's a flirt. Yeah. <laughs> she is a, she is a, yes. Uh, that was a, a lot of fun. That scene uh, early on in the book with Jane flirting with the uh, TSA agent at the airport. That's what that, that uh, scene is about. Um, 
but again, um, in a mystery, a lot of times you don't have humorous scenes um, in, in the real uh, dark uh, types of mystery series. Uh, this is a funny scene. There's always, there's always some funny scenes in, in my mysteries. Your launch party that you're having today, will it be available for people to watch later? Is it a recorded live? Yeah, so it, yeah, it's a Facebook live thing, um, but um, it'll definitely be on Facebook. So a lot of uh, you know people can watch it later. Um, when but this then podcast I'll, comes I'll out, how to pull it? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it and and uh, and show it, and and it's really going to be kind of a um, all about about the idea that there are stories behind wine. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share some very interesting stories about some interesting wines. Cool. That's pretty much it. I, I think people will really like this book. Um, there's always a question with a series of is it a standalone or not? And I'm I'm really pleased. Uh, there's always been already been a few uh, uh, re- reviews out there, and one of the reviewers emphatically commented on someone who's familiar with the series that, that this is definitely probably one of the most standalone books series. I, I think you can read them out of order, but if you really want to kind of get that string that is Ari, uh, you have to start at the beginning, but this book is in it. Ari is really just the detective. There's a, there's definitely some, you know, you, you're introduced to her girlfriend and that, but her girlfriend's not there. So uh, I think anybody can really read Dying on the Vine um, out of order uh, and and be satisfied with the story. I like how the rhythm of the wheels against the road quickens with my heart. I don't want to drive slow. So that's it for us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you'll share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know who I'm chatting with. You can share your likes and dislikes of this podcast by reaching out to Becky at BellaBooks.com. We are rushing forward. I'll take you. I'll take you anywhere. Bella Books is proud to provide books where the woman always wins and the story lingers in our minds long after the last words. Special thanks to singer-songwriter and Bella Books author Jamie Anderson for the use of her song Drive All Night during this podcast. You can find out more information about Jamie, including a link to her YouTube channel at jamieanderson.com. All night. Drive.